When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome in, everybody. We are live at Subaru Park. I almost said Talent Energy Stadium. I almost said PPL Park. I'm still, I'm still not used to what it's called here. Uh, a late-arriving crowd uh, for the second, uh, the finally rescheduled second live Always Soccer in Philadelphia podcast. Uh, we were stuck in traffic getting down here. Matt DeGeorge is a co-host today. He was stuck in traffic. What's going on, brother? I was, I was just thrilled to be stuck in traffic yeah. on the yeah. off-ramp to 291, on the two and a half hours before a game uh, starts. So... We have our first booze of the day from Rick McGovern. Thank you. Uh, no booze, however, for my second co-host, Joe Tanzi, making his uh, return to the podcast. How are you, bro? Oh, there's definitely room for lots of booze for me. <laughs> yeah, that felt like a yeah. challenge that yeah. I now have to boo him. Boo, boo. Thank you. Uh, yeah, somebody told me, it wasn't Rick, but somebody else told me they were going to come down and just boo us the entire time. So at least we have that to look forward to. We're at the uh, Sons of Ben tailgate section. Uh, down here it's a late arriving crowd uh you know but it's the weather's beautiful it's windy uh but it feels like we haven't been to, when's the last time we had a game here has it been like a month Forever. has it been more than a month it has been exactly a month it i believe it was exactly uh may 18th was okay. the last game that was down it, here it has been exactly a, a month so uh and i believe that last game was the was it the miami game or yeah. was it the uh, red bulls game Philadelphia Union uh, FC Cincinnati is Ray Gaddis a fucking traitor? Six one zero six six three two zero nine. So fuck. Uh, <laughs> here, the, the real question is if if Ray Gaddis scores today, do we riot? Or, or, or for different reasons. For different reasons, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, I think we have to riot. Yeah. If if Ray Gaddis, I, I was thinking about this the other night because yeah. I saw it in the show rundown. Yeah. If Ray Gaddis scores today, it's yeah. pretty much going to be like the final scene in Animal House yeah. where I forget who it is. I think it's Otter takes over the band and leads them down a, a, like a blind alley and then everyone <laughs> crashes into each other. It's going to be that, but me and Kevin Casey and we're just going to yeah. end up leading everyone out down the boat launch yeah. and into the Delaware and from there we'll just let nature yeah. take whatever happens. We'll, get, we'll do more on Ray Gaddis a little bit later. I know this is a Philadelphia Union podcast. It's a serious podcast. Serious topics only. But uh, first of all, we're going to go macro here. Philadelphia has been named a host city for the 2026 Woo! World Cup. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I, I got it. My first question is like, were you guys as nervous as I was? Because I was watching it on TV. Of course, FIFA has to do it at like five o'clock because nobody's got to pick up their kids from daycare, have any, do any important things at that point, right? And then they they go west to east. This is already excruciating. We got to do like 15 minutes with Becky G talking about bullshit, you know, right? And Cultur then, uh, cultural commentator Becky. Cultural G. commentator Becky G, who's dating Sebastian Legette, right? Um, and then we and then we got to the east, and they said Boston, and I'm like, oh no, I don't know anymore, you know, and. Uh, but I, but I was confident about it. I was just I was getting a little worried there. Um, is are, are you you guys thought Philly was was pretty much a shoe in or were you like like seriously like worried that we might not get it? You don't schedule a watch party if you're going to lose, right? Well, ask Washington slash uh, true, slash, true, ball, yeah. slash Baltimore. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> but in some ways, didn't you at some point think, okay, scheduling a watch party and then not getting the World Cup? This feels like a somewhat Philadelphian thing to have happen, right? Yeah. Like you're setting yeah, yourself yeah. up. I started to get. I, I texted friend of the pod Dave Zeitlin after <laughs> Kansas City came up because you start doing the math yeah. and okay, so it's eleven cities. All right, there's five left. 
well, you know Toronto's going to be one. You know Miami's going to be one. You know New York's going to be one. Yeah. So then it's two out of three, which is, I think, what we thought ahead of time, that two out of three was going to be Boston, Philly, or Washington. Yeah. And the Philadelphia bid, let's not make bones about it, was the best bid of either of those three. Yeah. But we're about to have a World Cup in Qatar because of paper bags full of cash. Right, so right. when has that ever so mattered? So it doesn't matter at the end of the day. And, yeah. and we all saw the pictures of, you know, Johnny Infantino and Bob Kraft uh, hanging out in his in his box after the after they came to Philly to do the site visit. So yeah. you start to worry, hey, is FIFA going to FIFA this up? Yeah. Um, I mean, it still was a happy ending for Bob Kraft and for uh, Boston. Uh, Thank you. Uh, 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 yes. However, well done. I'll write my apology letter to Bob Kraft on Monday. Yeah, right. Um, however, you know, they ended up, it was a little nervous, and I think it, I think there were some people down there that were a little nervous. Alejandro Bedoya was nervous. Was a little nervous, yeah. yeah. It was squeaky bum time a little bit there. By the way, we have giveaways for people who are live here, so please come over, sign your name on the thing here. We have Sixers stuff, we have MMA stuff, we have uh, Matt DeGeorge got a crossbody clutch, uh, a make hers yours. Philadelphia Phillies crossbody clutch. I don't care. Go over to that that section here to take take this thing to them and just have them put their name on it, and we will pull we will write names down and we put them out of hat. I don't want these Joel Embiid shoes anymore. I like they've been sitting in my house for forever. I'm trying to I'm literally trying to give this shit away. So somebody keep come. Put Wait, are those really Joel Embiid shoes? No, they're his. They're his like you know Under Armour, right? They're size 12. So I don't know if anybody can actually use them, but maybe you can pawn them or something. But uh, we get all this stuff in the media. And then you can't, you know, like, I'm, I'm not going to take, like, no. the Joel Embiid shoes or whatever and wear them, you know, because you feel like an asshole. They're supposed to be, like, for, uh, you know, back in the day, like, Stan Hockman wouldn't have taken any of this stuff at all, you know? So now we say, oh, we're going to give it away. So we'll do the giveaway stuff. Um, Joe, uh, final thought on the on the World Cup series. My, my only take was that I, I don't I, – I was kind of surprised they did two cities in Texas. Um, I thought KC deserved it for sure. Uh, KC's a good soccer town, but, I, you know, two in Texas – Obviously, they only did one in Florida. It seemed a little that seemed a little weird to me. Yeah, I could I could hot take you and say Boston and Baltimore, DC couldn't yeah. you know didn't deserve it because like they're not going to have it. It's it's in Foxborough, and, oh, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. it's an you're going to realize real quick it's a nightmare to get out there. But other than that, I mean like yeah. who who wants to go to FedEx Field for the the showcase of the world's game in in the United States? Yeah, or showcase yeah. of just any game. Like I yeah. I was there once for. This is really dating myself, like a Manchester United, like oh, Inter Milan, like International Champions Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of those things. The ICC, baby. And, and it was, like, it's a complete disaster down there. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you, you kind of knew that this dysfunction, like, I get that they're upset and they're using, like, TV ratings as they're, like, oh, well, this is why we should have it. But yeah, yeah. No, like, you didn't deserve it in the first place. So yeah, I would go to FedEx Field, but only if there's some kind of public trial of, of Daniel Snyder. <laughs> Um, but shy right, of that, yeah. I had no, yeah. no other reason to go. You know there. the burning, the burning yeah. of the the Red Bull here. Yeah. I, the only yeah. reason I would go to FedEx Field now is if they just burn that down and use some, t- you know. No, they should. The only, that's yeah. the only thing I would. I go mean, for. think about it. FedEx Field was a bridge too far for FIFA. You know, of all, of all, you know, right? They'll they'll do D- anything. Daniel, and go Daniel Snyder is where they drew the line. We will go to Qatar, but we will not go to FedEx Field. So that's all you got to know about uh, FedEx Field. Um, so getting back to the union, listen, it feels like it's been eons since this team played a game. Um, they are second place in the East, 6-7-1, 25 points. Um, and, and, and they've only got one loss this year, which is insane to me that we've played this many games. In the, and this is the Philadelphia Union that they, the three of us have covered since 2012, I believe, together. Uh, the, to think that the union in mid-June would only have one loss, right? Um, 
and only yet, and only one loss in the last eleven, nine or eleven games to end last season. So they've only lost two of their last twenty games. And that and the it lo- doesn't compute. That loss should not have been a loss because there was a non a non red card in that game in the Toronto game where they came back and said yes, it should have been a red card. So you can even put an asterisk on that one. But you know, even then, you know, I, I get the sense this is what we were talking about the last time. Like, you know, even there's some people who think that the or who don't think, but they, they're not happy with that. Like, they think this team should be in first place. Mm-hmm. You know, like, drop point home to Montreal, drop points home to Montreal, drop points home to Red Bull, probably drop points home to Miami. Uh, but then you have three good draws, L.A., Nashville, mm-hmm. right? And what was the third one? Um, New England, right? Yeah. And then you have New one England. great win of points. Yeah, so, we, so I don't – So I don't. I, I really – like, I get the sense that some people, like, really truly are negadelphia about about – that, that string of results and think they should be in first place and I, I wonder if you guys what, what what side of that you guys are I on. think I've played this game like 10,000 times on, on radio shows is if I told you going into those games X result happens you're happy with it yeah but like the way in which all these results have happened like dropped leads and I, I think yeah. I, did, I did the math after the last home game I think it was they could have been six or seven points clear of whoever was in in second place at the time, I think it was New York City FC. Yeah. So I yeah. think the, I think the because the standard is just so remarkably high and it's it's changed so fast. Yeah. Where we're used to them winning those games and, and not dropping leads. Like, yeah. This isn't 2014 Union. This is 2022 Union, and we expect better. So I think it's you got to have a, a give and take to it. But I understand it. Am I going to sit here and tell you you're 100 percent right? No, but I understand because the East is just such a mess this year. NYC just lost their coach. Yeah. Probably going to lose their best player. Yeah. And you're only what one? You have one point in between and a, a road win while uh, NYC was in Champions League. Yeah. To show for it. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You, you could, if you really want to like go deep and you could make a case this team should have a seven eight point lead right now in the Eastern Conference. Matt, you are you are have been you and I have both been labeled like the snarkiest of the of the union writers. So I'm I'm very curious to see where you fall on the Positadelphia Negadelphia. I, I mean I think the only negative so far is that the union made Joe do math. That's that's negative. <laughs> I mean that's a problem. That's but true. you know, I, I think part of that regret comes from the fact that the East is so wide open this year yeah. that I, I think and I think even Jim Curtin feels this is that they could be if not an insurmountable way out in, in yeah, front, yeah. they could be very close to that because, you know, New England is in flux. Orlando has some injuries. Atlanta has all the injuries. New York City has a new uh, has a new coach, and yeah. they are going to have – they're going to have an adjustment to that. Nashville left the conference. This is yeah. – uh, and I think this uh, maybe dovetails into what we'll eventually talk about, but this should be an opportunity to say, hey, this could be the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah. And let's go out and make a move to make that certain. Yeah. And I think the union have the flexibility to do that. You know, all due respect to Chris Donovan, yeah. uh, who was signed <laughs> Not late. Landon Donovan. No, not, not Landon Donovan. He's, uh, I mean, I, I believe it's pronounced Chris Donovan. Yeah. Um, he's oh, named. Okay. He, I believe he's named after Donovan McNabb. Not Todd, um, Todd Donovan. Right? No, not him either. Okay, yeah. um, but, you know, Tony Bruno something, thing something a little bit bigger than that, yeah, certainly. Yeah. But, like, uh, like, I mean, everybody has issues. And, the, and yeah. like, what what are what's the union's issue? Their DP Ford can't get on the field. He's probably going to start tonight. Yeah, and, and you're I, still I, yeah. like in terms of like you rank the the issues that everybody you think is supposed to be at the top. Yeah, are are having like in the union are pretty far down when it comes to issues. Their issue is that they're yeah. 
their outside back who's going to go play for a team in the World Cup is being outcompeted by someone else. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's their issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their, their issue is that Leon Flock maybe is not going to score eight goals a year. No, no. That's not and, a bad issue. No, and I just I, I think the thing is like I I just don't want union fans to do the Eagles fan thing where you do the knee jerk reaction one way or another. Like I think the thing that separates union fans is the pragmatism and, and not going overboard with every result, whether it be a win or whether it be a loss or whatever. And um, I, I think Megadelphia is justified based on what the expectations are. And if you talk about okay, you know, Red Bull they shouldn't give up that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, or Miami they should score a damn goal at home. You know, I don't I don't think those are like you know, like super angry, fake outrage kind of things. I think a lot of that is justified. But, you know, when I when I look at it from a macro perspective, I see that this team has lost one game this year, a game that they probably shouldn't have lost. Um, I just tend to err on the on the Positelphia side of that, which I think is crazy because, like, you know, for years it was like people were like, you and Matt are like the, <laughs> the most like, ne- like negative two dudes. But I, I don't – I can't I, – I, I, I see drop points for sure, but I can't – I just don't want – you know what I'm saying about the four for four thing? I just don't want people to be like – to go overboard with it, you know. Yeah, and, ma- and maybe it's maybe it's circumstantial. Yeah. It too, like if, if they come back and and uh, instead of having you know a bad forty, maybe they have a bad forty-five to start at home, and they come back and get a draw. But but it's it's because of the I think the way in which everything happened. Yeah. It was like, oh, you're blowing one nothing leads. You're making stupid mistakes. Yeah. You're turning off at times, and I think part of the criticism kind of goes away when. It's nice to have a head coach and, and players who immediately say, hey, it's our fault. Like, there's yeah. complete accountability. So I think yeah. there's respect there. But yeah. I, I get it. I'm not going to say don't criticize them because, yeah, the, the gap could be really high right now. So what's the biggest thing for this team moving forward now? It's, it's not for really first half. I guess we can call it first half, second half of the season. The break was so damn long that we can probably call it that. It's not 50-50 split. But to me, it's just it's not, it's not one like – you know, weakness or like thing that needs to be improved upon. They just need Michael Ua on the field and healthy. Yeah. They need Julian Carranza on the field. You know, how many times did we look at games where it was like Sergio's out there and Corey was out there and, you know, like no- nothing against Sergio and Corey because I think a lot of like route one, like straight running or like winning aerials and stuff is important. But like you see what Carranza brings to the team. He's got finesse, he's got skill. You know, or looks like he has yeah. a nose for goal. So to me, it's just as simple as those two guys being out there consistently. Is it, is it any more than that? I think the only thing that I would really want to see improved on this team is a plan. Their plan B needs to be stronger. There's going to be games, Miami's an example, uh, Red Bulls when you're up a man, is they need to have that plan B of, in instances where you're going to have more of the ball, somebody in midfield who can do a little bit more with it. Uh, And I think that probably falls. Yes, and I, you know, Il Senos don't (laughs) grow on trees. No, no. Um, But somebody who... You've seen Curtin try and do it with Jack McGlynn a little bit of that sub of him in for Flock and let him hit some passes and stuff like that. If you could get somebody who has some similar traits to to Bedoya in terms of a box-to-box shuttler with maybe a little bit more finishing ability. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to drink out of the the Matt Doyle mug and say a Paxton Pomacall type, but yeah. somebody who can do something a little bit different. And it's not a slight on Leon Flock because no. you're going to have games where you know you're going to go into Orlando and you're going to try and press the heck out of them for 80 minutes, and yeah. Flock is going to be yeah. absolutely the right guy for that. But it doesn't mean that he has to play. 90 minutes every time out and it means that when you get in those situations and you need a plan B you want to have someone like that yeah. I don't necessarily think that's McGlynn 
I don't necessarily think that that's Sullivan because I don't think he has a natural position quite so much in this team. Yeah. Um, I think a little bit it's Aronson, but, you know, whereas I think Aronson, Paxton's growth trajectory in terms of the things that he's good at and the things he needs to work on is a little different than Brendan's. Yeah. So with Brendan, you could always bring him in and, all right, you're going to get him on the ball deep and he's going to run at somebody. Paxton's not necessarily that guy. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see them bring in um, – a change of pace in midfield. Maybe maybe it's someone different. Maybe it's someone that's later career or mid-career, yeah. a TAM-level guy that has some international experience that you know is going to mesh with the cultures in the locker room who can give you something different in those games when you need something different. You, you probably want like a more offensive Leon Flock that's not 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think you want a... Yeah, you want somebody who's Bedoya-like, but maybe a little bit younger. And, uh, you know, I'm sure those guys are out there somewhere. not sure where. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ernst might know where. But, uh, you know, someone that gives you something a little bit different. McGovern's shoving a phone in my face that says Jose Torres in it. You know, what's he doing, you know? Uh, it, you know, it's funny that we do... Um, Jose Francisco Torres? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that actually might not be the worst. That's uh, not the worst. I mean, no. you would want somebody who's kind of no. in the same vein as like a Luca De La Torre. Obviously, you're not going to get a young guy no. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but somebody who, you know, maybe is mid-career. See, here's the, here's the, the funny talking, thing. The talking... Exactly, and that's um, a TAM level. The, the, the yeah. thing that everyone wants to talk about is, well, you can't bring in anybody to block Sullivan, McGlynn, and yeah. Aronson. Yeah. Everybody forgets that when Brendan Aronson was promoted, his spot was immediately given to Marco Fabian, yeah, yeah, and then he absolutely yeah. outworked Marco Fabian to the yeah. point where Marco Fabian ended up in Saudi Arabia. By the way, when so, we were getting ready to do this, I texted both of you guys, and like the last thing that was on our group text was like the 2019 live show rundown, and Marco Fabian versus yeah. Brendan Aronson was like the first... <laughs> Topic on the show sheet for that. See, but here's the thing: we do, we like to do player comparisons on this uh, podcast. I believe in the past we've, we've compared Ray Gaddis to Cesar Hernandez. We've compared Ray Gaddis to Ben Simmons. <laughs> it's mostly just comparing Ray to other people, right? But, but um, Leon Flock, like, and this is probably the dumbest thing I'll ever say, but like Leon Flock reminds me of Draymond Green in a lot of ways because it's like. When Steph is on fire and Clay yeah. is on fire and Andrew Wiggins is doing the thing, Jordan pulls the nobody talks about Draymond because yep. like he's rebounding, he's playing defense, he's doing his thing, whatever, right? So Leon Flock is not it, like a thing when Carranza is doing well and when Orr is scoring goals and when Bedoya is getting up on the right flank. But then when the offense is not doing anything, who do you go to first? The guy like, who doesn't do offense. Yeah, you go to the guy who yeah. doesn't do offense. But like, is that is that? And again, I guess the question is like, is that is that fair to him because he's not. Well, but perspective being perspective, he's also the 11th name on the team sheet. Yeah. I mean, let's get real. If you're fill, if you're filling out the team sheet, yeah. he is 9, 10, or 11 on that team sheet. And that's fine to have that guy not be – to have some flexibility there. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Leon Flock is Draymond Green is one I'm going to have to think about. <laughs> I don't think his I don't think his Snapchat nudes are going to leak. But no, no. He's not as mouthy. Um, he, he needs to – He th- hasn't kicked anybody in yeah, the – Yeah, he, he, need, he needs some lessons from Jose in that department. No, nobody – if they go up to Boston, nobody's chanting – Fuck you, Leon. Right. Chris so Russo something. did rant about Leon Flock the other day on the radio, though. So I, did, I missed <laughs> that, yeah, but I got I, I to go catch that. Yeah, that'd be a good crossing broad headline. Mad Dog Russo goes ape shit on Leon Flock on uh, first take, you know. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, this is pretty a pretty obvious exercise here, but if you're looking at, like, if we're, you know, doing a kind of halfway point here kind of thing, Team MVP, uh, I think most people are probably going to say Gosh Dog. Uh, uh, 
No, we got a boo there. No gosh, dog. Um, I'll, I'll I'll put in Kai Wagner. I would put in Kai Wagner too. What, what do you say, Matt? Uh, I would. Uh, I don't know. I think Kai is arguably the most important because of his chance creation. Yeah. So I would probably put him in there. I think you could make an argument for Jose Martinez. Uh, because this is a team that has given up. Yeah. They're closer to giving up a half a goal again. Because then you get into the, ar- the arbitrary nature of what does val- value valuable mean. Yeah. Are you, is the MVP the best player on the team, or is he? Or and, and then how do you define like value? How do you you know weigh strikers and goals and assists? I mean, Julian like Carranza is not far off from the conversation. No, he's either, not. And isn't it crazy? Like if you if I said to you you know months ago like because we were all like looking for this big exciting signing and I was oh they got Carranza on. On loan, Carranza on loan. You know, like, and I, was anybody like super ex- excited about it at the time? I, I was Jim, Jim Curtin. I was <laughs> only Curtin. super yeah. excited in yeah. the fact that you were getting him at such a low price. Yeah, I mean, that, it was like, like low risk. If you pay you know, fifty, I, I yeah. mean, if you pay fifty thousand dollars for a one point five million dollar player, then yeah, yeah, it's probably going to end up okay. Yeah. I mean, with the, did I think Jim Curtin comparing him like right off the bat to Castellanos? Was a little extreme. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, but that because, oh, but that's his like his player comp yeah. he's used since like December. He's been like <laughs> he he can be yeah. as good as Castellanos. Yeah. And, and look, I think in in terms of like the deal itself, I mean it's a steal. No, it was. And, I mean, and, it was and, very and look, low. They're going to turn him into what eight figures, uh, at, like yeah. ceiling wise. Yeah. And Ua is your like long term guy. Yeah. But like I think it was you know a stroke of genius, but. I mean, you look at when you say Carranza, and he's and we're not even talking Andre Blake because he hasn't had to no, do anything. No, I know, I know, it's crazy. Yeah, because like, so, you could you could always go you could always go to him on a on an exercise like that, you know. So I think it kind of just speaks to the overall quality when we're talking about, you know, for years it's been oh Andre Blake is hands down the best player on this team, and now you and go it's, to it's also because Andre Blake doesn't have hasn't had to steal a ton of games this year. Yeah. He's just been solid. Yeah. they've won the exact expected goals battle a lot. They, you know, he's just it, it, with goalies. It becomes yeah. goalies and cornerbacks. It becomes an expectations battle of like yeah. Dane St. Clair is the runaway favorite for goalie of the year because no one expected anything of Dane St. Clair. Yeah. So every time he has a great uh, event, or has a great uh, outing, you're like, oh my god, look at Dane St. Clair. It's, it's like the Matt Turner tremendous. complex. Yeah. Yes. It, I, I, yes. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I actually want to jump around on the rundown here and kind of go back to something that Matt was talking about earlier because there's a lot of what we, we spent the last three years talking about was how important, like, El Senior was to them coming off the bench. And they don't have that anymore. They don't have the 4 2 3 one. You know, they don't have that, like, one guy that you're going to throw on. So I, I feel like my one criticism of Jim this year is that he's kind of fallen back in these habitual subs. Where it's like, you know, McGlynn is coming on at 60, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the strikers is coming off at, like, 65 or 70, right? He's going to leave a sub unused, you know? So if a, if a formation change is out of the question, right, you're not going to go, like, 4-4, you know, like, flat 4-4-2 or, like, put, like, a three-man back line or, like, do the 4-2-3-1, then, then what, like, what does plan B look like to you? Or, or is is there even a plan? I don't. There isn't on this current roster, unless one of the young guys all of a sudden makes it a huge jump to yeah. Brendan Aronson caliber, which is very hard to even say will happen. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Santos is a nice piece to to break the lines and and tire guys out yeah. in the final thirty. Yeah. Corey Burke hasn't done much of anything this year, so no. you can't rely on him. And then it's yeah, these three guys are really nice in theory. McGlynn, Sullivan, Aaron's. Yes, we know they have a ton of talent. Yeah. But can it be applied? 
Like I think that, yeah. I think that's the part where we're missing here is like everybody's calling for them, but what exactly are they going to do in once, that once spot? They're on there. Yeah, like yeah. they got thirty they got thirty minutes. And it's only one or two plays that they're, they're going to make. That yeah, we, make, we, that can, make sit, we can sit yeah. here and cry about it and yell about it on Twitter on this podcast and whatever. Hey, the kids got to play more. But, like, at the same time, the kids got to do something when they're on the field. Exactly. exactly. And that's you know? the thing is that Curtin is, you know, Curtin's a player's manager. Yeah. He's been given the players yeah. chances to do something this year. Yeah. And they haven't done a ton. I, I, I think with Corey Burke, it's uh, – you know, it, you need to also reestablish that rotation the way you want it yeah. with the forwards. Yeah. Um, and I think you're going to see a little bit more of that now that the guys are back, now that you're going to have Santos off the bench more. Yeah. I think Corey Burke scores tonight uh, because these are the kinds of games he scores in. These, you know, the games that turn into Route 1, MLS 1.0. You know, he's going to score against Chicago. He's going to score against Cincinnati. Yeah. He's going to score against teams that can't do the really basic stuff well. Um so I, I, I think I there's also one other thing to remember in all of this is that you're going to look at the bench tonight and you're going to realize that Cole Turner is going to get minutes tonight. Yeah. So yeah. It do, it's a thin bench. I mean, it they is. only have 24, 25 people on the, on the bench, uh, on the roster, really. And so you don't have a ton of non-defensive the, options. Uh, the, yeah. the exact kind of oh shit moment is they're one injury away in midfield yeah. from it being kind of a crisis because you, yeah. there's a, just a lot of unknowns, a lot of squad and, and role players. <laughs> we got mad from the sons of Ben yelling some incoherent bullshit <laughs> over there. You know? But I mean, that, like that's that, like that's the reality. Like, what, yeah, what, what if, I, I do not to not to agree with the screaming, but I do think that is a little. I think that's a little overstated. I think yeah. they could figure it out for six to eight they, weeks they with can, the homegrowns. They, they can. Think it's they'd just, be fine. It's it. It feels that way though because there's there isn't much depth and like what so like in the worst case scenario like what happens if if one of these guys goes down tonight? I know Jim. Cole Turner starts for six to eight weeks. That's that's, that's fine. That's exactly what you're running into. Cole Turner. I'm pretty sure this week was the first time Jim Curtin has ever mentioned Cole yeah. Turner in a press conference. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta admit, I, I totally every forgot. Once, I, I totally I, every forgot once in a while, I will yeah. come to training yeah. and I will see him, and I'll be like, "Oh shit, Cole Turner." That's I think still it's, a thing. I think it's funny how the union for all the the good things that they've done with getting like young guys on the field and bringing the academy guys up and playing the young kids and stuff like that. There's always like one dude on the roster who just never even. You're sees just them. still yep. mad I'm about sorry, Christian we, we Hernandez. You have to get over Fox it. The Gambler. We don't have to pollute uh, the <laughs> podcast with. You're this, right. I, I have, hey, I we're have, minus two fifty on this one because I think Corey Burke's going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. You are bringing bad juju have, to the Sons of Ben tailgate. You my, know that. I have my own pregame show to yeah. give the negative takes, right? Yeah. My <laughs> God, what does Tannenwald do with you? He just twisted you. Tannenwald. <laughs> He's just making I, you his I, little, I, I want, you're I, his little Padawan, aren't you? I was a little Padawan disciple. Wow. You are just like, oh, soccer man, union man. That, Once that again, might, that, I am coming across <laughs> as positive. I am very uncomfortable with this. Yeah. I don't know how this happened. Yeah. I'm not positive. That's one of the biggest Welcome to the tailgate, Matt. That Welcome might, to the what? tailgate. I don't know how this happened. That might be the most insulting thing anyone's ever yeah. said to me. This is one of the biggest <laughs> developments, I think, in of this year, is that Matt DeGeorge is now looked at as like the, the positive, positive guy, like, vo yeah. voice of reason and in the Philadelphia media. Like, if you had told me that before, you know? Matt, it's always sunny. Or soccer in Philadelphia. Yeah, you you right. know that. Yes, right. I <laughs> Thanks for coming out, guys. <laughs> Thank you for having us, man. I appreciate it. Let me ask you, like, here's a question, though, about the follow-up on the kids. Like, what, 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 what do you want to see? Is, if, 
does Jack McGlynn need more minutes? Does Brandon Aaron or does uh, Paxton Aronson need, need more minutes? I think like the thing that people would probably say is that they probably just want to see more of Paxton, right? No, they need to be in a position where they're earning more minutes. That's yeah. what needs to happen. Yeah. And right now, Paxton's not earning minutes because Daniel Gosdog is the leading scorer on this team it's like and a, is yeah, creating yeah. chances yeah. at will. Yeah. And Quinn Sullivan's not starting because he's not out-competing anybody. Yeah, and plus we'd be naive to think that like just because you've hit on Mark McKenzie and Brendan Aronson and other guys in the past doesn't mean that every academy homegrown class that comes through is going to be the same thing. No, and you oh, by mean? the way, they yeah. are eight. 18. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Quinn yeah, yeah, Sullivan yeah. just turned 18. Yeah, they got plenty of plenty of time. Like now. Yeah. they, they, yeah. they've got plenty of time to learn how this yeah. works. Yeah. And I, I think to to be honest, if you ask me, like I, like yes, Aronson because his brother is now a 30 million dollar player. Yeah. Wait, like, what? Yeah, you never heard the of first that. First, I'm hearing about this. Yeah. You know he's from Medford Did too. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> like I'm, I'm honestly more intrigued of the three. Of Quinn Sullivan, but he just he doesn't have a, a spot if you're not changing the formation because he's not a, a, a box to box guy. He's not a ten. Yeah, he's kind of in that weird middle ground. He he's shown some creative stuff, and I yeah. think you know he could make an impact in those final 15, 20 minutes if you need something. There's just no spot for yeah, him. Yeah, like, and he, also not a, not enough yeah. impact to go to a four two 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 yep. where yeah. it's him and God's yeah. dog as the as yeah. the middle two, and that also requires Bedoya being hurt. So yeah. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're going to hamstring Bedoya just yeah, to get Sullivan like, on the field. But the question you have to ask yourself with those three is, who are they replacing in terms of minutes? Let's forget the starting lineup. Like, who who are they taking minutes-wise? Right, and, right. You can't and, just, like, call for yeah. somebody and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, like, yeah. give and take to everything. It's like my uh, my managing editor at Action, New- or at Action News, at Eyewitness News, was just like, uh, get this in the show, just make it happen. I'm like, yo, in order for me to put something into the show, something has to like come out of the show. I can't just squeeze any more in there, you know? Yeah. Life, like is, all, life is all about trade-offs. Nathan Harriel's opportunity wouldn't have come if Olivier and Baizo didn't hadn't, hadn't, hadn't had a couple, yeah. uh, a couple yeah. bad games. So there's there's two sides to all of that, you know? And who's to say that Jack McGlynn doesn't get a run of games where he out-competes Leon Flock? We, we don't know. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. But that's the... Yeah. It takes it being done, and so far it just hasn't been done. Yeah. Let me just read you guys a block of stats. I want to see if you guys have any takeaways from these. It's like halfway through the season. This is from whoscored.com. So the Union have 19 goals. That's 14th in the league. They have 11.6 shots per game. That's 19th. 4.6 shots on target per game is tied for 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, possession is 40% dead last. Mm-hmm. Pass percentage is 70%. That's dead last. Mm-hmm. Um, anything from that block surprise anybody. I'm surprised actually that they have as many shots on goal as they do. You know, so because they're not, to me, it doesn't seem like they're generating a ton of chances. But when they do get stuff going in the final third, they do tend to steer it on target. Yeah, yeah but I, you're not going to, their passing is good. The possession and passing is always going to be linked because it's like, you don't have the ball and you finally find yourself on the ball. It's like, oh, crap, you know. And right. half the time they're just going forward and trying to, they're not trying to hold on to the ball anyway. Yeah. So it's and, higher risk, higher reward. Right, and stuff. the yeah. teams, it, it becomes the, I don't know what the PETA-friendly way to say that there's more than one way to skin a cat is, but, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't have to yeah. all attack the same way. So if, no, you don't. if yeah. Charlotte is going to complete more passes, that's fine, but they're yeah. also starting on their own goal kick yeah. that they are going to build out of the back and sometimes pass 
pass yeah. it right to Daniel Gonzalez. There's Gostad. so much bogus yeah. stuff when so it comes down to I mean, Barcelona can go bang, 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 bang. And there's five passes 100% right there. Right. So you're yeah. going to get the skew off of that. So it, it has to be taken into account for how you want to play. Union get the ball. They're going in direct transition. They're playing higher risk passes that you're probably not going to latch on to. Yeah, anyway. Which is why the percentage of uh, shots that actually get on target is good. And I think that's probably the main takeaway from that. Ariel's one per game, 18.1 second in the league. Shots allowed really? per game is 13.4. That's ninth. Tackles per game, 19.2 is third. Interceptions per game, thank you, um, is 12.4. That's first. Fouls per game, 14.9 is third. Obviously, they press. They're going to foul people. Dribbles per game is 5.4, dead last. In because the, they're not dribbling anybody. Nobody's running at anybody yeah. in the first place. Who do, you, who do you want? Who on this team do you want dribbling at somebody? No, and who's you want Leon Flock doing stepovers? No, I know that's exactly the thing. So yeah. like, and then and then going hand in hand with that, fouls drawn per game is ten point one. So that's that's twenty fifth. Yeah, all, all of these numbers are like they're all the intrinsically least, linked. Yeah, like, and and no, they're not yeah. surprising whatsoever. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you go in like the individual stats, like Kai Wagner, no duh, of course he's got yeah. some of the best left back stats in MLS. Like Gazdag, I think has some some really high like per ninety numbers. But what so, is it? What does it? Ta- I mean, to me, it just tells you like it's okay. It's their identity. There's yeah. no identity crisis here. Like, we know what this team is. We, we have known what they are. And I'll be damned they're going to play that way regardless, you know? I just think it goes back to the thing we were talking about earlier. Like, if that doesn't get you anywhere 70 minutes in the game, then where do you go from there? Right, you know? and so, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a plan B means you can do something else. That's the thing is that when you really think about it, yeah. having a set identity and knowing who you are as a team, yeah. Half the teams in the league have that, maybe. Uh, you know, having that is yeah. something specific. I also the only the only shot the only stat in there that I would quibble with is the shots per game. Yeah. And even that, because it's not a it's not a signifier of quality, those could be a lot of really low quality shots. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it, you know that's why I would assume that their XG allowed per game is probably one of the best in the league. Yeah. They haven't lost a lot of XG battles this year, if you accept. Uh, penalties and own yeah. goals. So, you know, I, they are what they want to be, and they can be a little bit crisper about that, but yeah. all that comes with outperforming your XG a little bit more, which is something that personal uh, performance by your strikers can do. We'll go just a little bit longer here. Um, let me ask you a fill-in-the-blanks question. Um, all my again, answers are going to be Ray Gattis. Ray Gattis, <laughs> yeah. And we're, and we're you know, because, we're again, we're treating this kind of like the halfway point. I don't know if it's a halfway point. I have no fucking clue. But Might like, well just for, it's, it'll break as long enough that it feels like it's a halfway point. Um, in order for the union to continue to stay at the top where they are and to finish the season strong in the second half, blank. Ray Gattis. <laughs> no, that well, doesn't today, work. Yeah, today, maybe like an own goal or two or something like that. that oh, he doesn't goal. even score. He doesn't even score that. No, 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 um, no. He didn't even score him in training in a little baby goals. No, 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 no. no. Uh, if the un- to stay atop the Eastern Conference, uh, Mikel Ua has to have twelve goals. So yeah. he needs ten. He needs ten in the final. We've played 18 14, games. So, yeah. So, uh, 20 games. I was going to say 10 and, 10 and 20 games is entirely doable against these defenses. Well, we, well you just stole my thought because I was going to say Ooh and Carranza need to score yeah. between 15 and 20. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, I don't think it's, again, I think this is a nice thing about the union. Like, you can be justified negadelphia about them dropping points and say that they should be in first place now. But it's not, they weren't dropping points because, like, 
the defense is terrible no. or because no. they're being like depleted by injuries so, or because the coach doesn't know what he's doing like a lot of it is like and and even if you sat down, if we had this press conference if we and this isn't a press conference <laughs> oh, if we yeah, had yeah. this podcast taping <laughs> in uh all those questions are just imaginary no one's really asking me questions yeah. but if you had this podcast taping in december yeah. and you had asked what do they need to do between now and then you would have probably said four or five things, and they would have yeah. done almost all of those yeah. things already. The uh, yeah. only thing they haven't done yeah. is Ua. They brought in, uh, yeah. they hit on Carranza. Yeah. They uh, kept the, the core together. They improved their defense by putting in Harriel for Baizo. Yeah. They haven't lost anybody of any significance. Yeah. Um, they uh, Daniel Gazdag proved that last year's struggles were because he played 60 games in a 14-month continuous season. Yeah. They've gotten chances for the young guys. The only thing that has not been answered yet, and it's not that it's been answered in the negative, it just isn't incomplete, mm-hmm. is what Ua is. Yeah. And they, yeah, so it. they are well on, and that's, yeah. you know, that gets back to the positive outlook of like, hey, it, they, compared to the problems that other teams have, yeah. this is pretty good. They've done all this without the DP4. Yes, I yeah. mean uh, compare that to what Atlanta's problems are, which uh, which is ten deep we have being hurt. we have no ACLs left. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, like uh, th- that's a problem. Rick, when do you guys walk down to the stadium? About twenty five minutes. All right. Well, we'll do like ten more here, right? Okay. 10, ten to fifty or something, because I know you guys got to get in there too. So. Um, yeah, we're not in a huge rush. Not in a huge rush. All right. So. A serious question. I just make up. I'm a journalist. I just make all this stuff up anyway. What's the difference? I mean, like, seriously, though, we do, we do the Ray Gaddish joke, but, like, what do you really make of him unretiring and playing for Cincy? It's necessity. It's like calling an old friend yeah. for a favor. But do you th- do we, do, did he ever explain to anybody, like, hey, this is why I'm unretiring? Like, did he, no, did I, he uh, miss playing? I think it's, fa- it's family-related that he wanted to be closer to home and being in Cincinnati is yeah. closer to Indianapolis. Yeah. I, I think... So this was just like an old NCAA transfer back in the day. You just had to sit out a year. Yeah, and I think something that flies under the radar (laughs) is that the union could have been dicks about this and been like, okay, well, give us $200,000, and they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if that's – I don't think that's just goodwill between Chris Albright and Jim Curtin. I think that probably helps. But it's also goodwill between Jim Curtin and Ray Gaddis. I think Ray Gaddis is a guy whose name is going to be on the Ring of Honor at some point in this club, if only only because of the human that he is and what he's done off the field. That's actually a good topic, like, you know, for – like like to expand that ring of honor thing like you know if you're a great ambassador for the team and if you're just a good dude in general and you do like a lot of charity stuff you're always like good with the fans or whatever like you link that into the ring of honor i think so i don't think he's the next one to go on there i think uh alejandro bedoya is the next one to go on there because he'll be the next one to retire Mm -hmm. and then after that it should be andre blake Blake. and then after that it should be fabinho because i mean it's fabinho (laughs) but after that um i think ray gaddis is probably the next one and then after that brendan aronson when he comes back here uh at age 31 and leads the union to their second mls cup in kind of his i do i do like the idea i want that time stamped by the way when they do these kinds of things i do like it i do like the criteria if there is criteria or just the idea of like like it being a little bit harder for guys to get in just because like you look at what the phillies are doing like with their wall of fame for example and like they're putting like bake mcbride and ron reed in there two guys from the 1980 world series team who like we're good or whatever, but like Bake McBride was here for like four four and a half years. You well, know? the, Phil- the like, union haven't had a chance to be goddamn awful for decades. No, it's at true. A time it's true. I think the thing with the Phillies too is because there's absolutely nothing. Oh, they've like, absolutely yeah, run out of players from like '93 to like 2007. Yes, that they're kind of like just biding their time until those guys become eligible. But I like I like how at the union like 
you look up there and you only see Latou now. Because and it adds it adds meaning to it because it's like it's an exclusive group of yes, guys. Yes, because the union don't need to induct the their version of Chad Durbin. To there, the, there, there's, look, there's no reason for Brian Carroll and Ray Gaddis just because they were here a lot. Yeah. That doesn't Scott, mean Scott Rowland. Yeah, that doesn't mean to put them up there right away. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one final thing. That well, I'll do two more questions here actually. What do we make of the Apple TV deal? Um, now, what what cha- now what what channel is that again? Yeah, it's like it's in like the five hundreds yeah. on Comcast. See, see, here's the thing. Like, you first of all, I hate Apple. I, th- I hate everything that has to do with Apple. The last Apple product I used was like an iPod that shit the bed in like a, like a year or something like that. So I just hate the fact that I'm gonna have to pay Apple for anything. You know, I'm still annoyed by the fact that they didn't have the right click button like 20 years ago. But I think they have the right click button now. So, but. You were talking about the idea. You were talking on Twitter about the idea of like a, creating the silo for MLS fans, right? And so, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot on the show is like, what about the casual man? Do we do, the four for four fan? Do we care about that person? Like, if, if this guy is watching the Union on PHL 17 and tuning in when they're on and being casual, is that guy going to buy Apple TV and watch the Union on Apple? No, TV? but how many times is that guy going? You know, outwardly pursuing. MLS in the first place, right? Like no, nobody watches MLS that isn't part of this 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 circle, this bubble. Yeah, I, I mean the TV ratings suggest that. Like, I mean down here at least in in our little soccer bubble, yeah, it's grown because they're winning. Yeah, you talked to me five years ago, no one gave a damn. Like the the exact conversation I would have with my friends would be, yeah, oh, I heard the stadium environment's nice, and that's about it. Yeah, but now you at least have oh they're winning something. There's a, a tangible, albeit a goalkeeper. You'd want you ideally want the striker to be your face of the franchise. But you have you have a face of the franchise in Blake. People know who Bedoya is because he played for the U.S. And then and then like that's that's about like that's about it. Rick is texting me while he's standing <laughs> five feet away from me. By the way, he says he says nobody watches MLS to watch MLS. Yeah. So. No, but I think. <laughs> I think the union aspire to have people in Philadelphia watch the union because it's on. I, th- I think some of the viewership of the Phillies is just accidental or incidental in yeah. that you're flipping around channels. Ah, the Phillies are on. I got to, you know, I got to send some emails and just leave it on in the background. And I think that there is a market to connect to in that. I have a hard time shaking the notion that they did this deal specifically so that they can stop releasing viewership numbers every Monday yeah. where the union or where the MLS national broadcast lost out to like the 2019 cornhole nationals or on like ESPN. Seinfeld, Seinfeld man hands rerun. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know? I, I can't help but think that up the lobster. I can't help but think that some of that yeah. is that where they can just say, Oh no, we got all these uh, sponsors. We got yeah. all these people that, you know, 3 million people signed up for Apple TV last month and they signed up to watch, you know, but whatever I, the Katie Couric show is. I think, like, I think is, the, the the season ticket holder thing is nice. Like yeah. it's it's kind of okay. You're you've been loyal here. Ha, ha, at least have this. Yeah. Don't pay an extra money for whatever extra streaming services you already paid yeah, for. Yeah, but there's a season like, ticket. The season ticket holder, by definition, doesn't have to stream half of the game. Correct. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like you're doing it in good faith. But does it really help you? No. I just I just give them credit for saying like, you, you, like with the streaming stuff, you're either all in or you're not in. Yeah. Like I, I like that they don't have one foot in and one foot out. I like that it's not Peacock where it's like, okay, we're gonna put a game on TV if it's we not, feel like it, but everything else is gonna be paywall. It's you know, not it's, M- like, it's not MLB where 
one night it's on Apple TV, one night it's on Peacock, right. one like, night like it's on TV. Right, like be consistent, yes. man. If you're yeah. going to dive in, dive in all the but way. But to yeah. be clear, you're also not going to get every MLS game with just your Apple Plus subscription. You are going to have to buy something over the top of that is yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. So it's not like yeah. it's necessarily, you know, I like the ESPN Plus thing because I already have ESPN Plus, yep. which yeah. means that for seven fifty a month, I essentially get the MLS package. Yeah. I, I like be, that. I would but, be interested, too, to see. I would love to ask Tim McDermott, like, you know, because I think it goes – market by market if you care about losing your local broadcast you know yeah. and we don't know how they're going to do it with the announcers or whatever but we're assuming I mean like I think they're still going to recycle this yeah. someone still has to broadcast the games and like, it still has yeah. somebody I, I has think, to be somebody who can read the names off the sheet I, so think, you're, I think you're still, still going to see your like general roster of guys that you know they do local games yeah. but then ESPN's like oh our main guys on vacation come to come to a game or we don't want to pay for travel like yeah. who, who's in market so I think you'll see like you know, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about the JPs and the Dannys of the world. No, no, no. Just because no. they, they already have that, that huge profile. But uh, I think if – I don't know. No. To me, it's like I'm still going to watch. You know, you're, you're still going to – you're not going to not watch union games just because the announcers are different. No, I know, I know. I just um, – I would love to ask, like, Tim, like, hey, like, at the end of the day, do you have, like, any kind of hard data to, to determine how many – Thanks, man to determine like how many casual dudes that would watch PHL 17 that you're going to lose yeah. versus how many you think you're going to gain with this, you know? It's, I'm just interested because the markets are different. Portland is different from, than yeah, Philly. Yeah, but and as you know from the business of TV, it yeah. also dovetails into the whole second time I've used dovetail on this podcast. That's a good uh, one, yeah. It's, it oh. also connects to what's happening with regional sports networks and NBC's generalized pullout yes, of yes, everything. Yes, and all the reporting all about the, how they're going away. And yeah. all the Valley stuff yeah. and where that's going to be. Yeah. So it, it's not happening in a vacuum and that some of those networks are going away. I don't think every market has a PHL kind of setup. Yeah. Uh, some have better, some probably have worse. It's true, it's so, true. It's just so, there's so much different between all the individual markets. And uh, listen, at the end of the day, I don't know if I like it or I dislike it, but I'm just happy that MLS is, is taking a plunge and trying to get ahead of the curve here, trying something different, being progressive, and like instead of like towing the line and not really being in one thing and not really being the other thing, say, hey, we're just going to go for it. MLS but but is, I do think they've always tried to be that like, oh, we're, we're hip, we're cool, we're doing the, the new thing. They're like they, they're they, definitely on the NBA side of like yeah, the progressive. They, they've, like, yeah, they've at least know. Which they have to be because their audience yeah. is on that yeah, side yeah, of the audience is the same So thing, like they, yeah. they've at least, you know, I mean, definitely in the last few years, they've definitely tried to do that. And I think this kind of goes yeah. towards that a little bit. So if you, like you said, if you're going to fall in and go in one direction, you might as well do that. Yeah. As I, somebody who started watching soccer on ESPN just because it was on and OLN because it was on and then yeah. eventually broke down my father to let me watch those sports, yeah. I think you are missing a little bit of that audience, but that's maybe that's maybe me being in my own silo. Well, we'll find out. First Apple product I will have bought in uh, 20 years. I'm still trying to get my wife to give up her iPhone, but maybe I'll be watching it on her iPhone sooner rather than later. We'll find out. Uh, Matt, Joe, thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. We'll do the giveaways uh, off air, and I'll track everybody down for that. Thanks to the Sons of Ben for having us out here. And uh, only positive things for the Philadelphia Union going forward, right? It's always soccer in Philadelphia. All right, we'll see you guys.